Welcome to From the Heart with Daryl Underwood, pastor of Servant's Heart Chapel in Clovis, New Mexico. We hope you are blessed and encouraged by this week's sermon. Now here's Pastor Daryl. Thank you, Lord, for His grace and mercy. Thank you, Lord, for His presence today. This opportunity we have to come together. Chapter, in Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, we had a miracle and then a sermon. Acts chapter 3, we have a miracle and a sermon. And I, I titled today's sermon on Acts chapter 3, Hope for the Hopeless. If you've ever been in a situation you felt was hopeless, or are now in a situation you feel is hopeless, this sermon is for you. If you know of anybody who has been or is now in a situation they feel is hopeless, this chapter, this message is for you. Before we get into the events in chapter 3, I want to start with kind of a prologue because this this uh, beginning of this chapter, a lame man is healed, and I, I believe I, I I want to kind of just kind of go with you. Let's, let's go together through what we think might have been this guy's life prior. We don't know his name. He just called a layman. Let's, let's, I'm going to call him Steve. Okay? Because I just want to keep referring to him as a lame man the whole time. So Steve, according to the Bible, we're going to get into that a little bit, but according to the Bible, he was lame from birth. Could not use his legs from birth. And if you could imagine back thousands of years ago, the situation, this this society that puts a premium on on able-bodied people, and in a society, not the Jewish society, when when they were doing what they're supposed to do, but other local societies, if a child was born crippled, they were put out. Did you know that they were just left out in 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 the, you know, in the woods or something and left to die. There was no value. You can imagine the, the, the mother uh, giving birth to Steve and, and, and the midwife has taken him and, and she gasps. And the mother, what's going on? What's wrong? And the midwife you know, doesn't say anything and, and, and goes and talks to the father and the father, you know, he looks distraught and the mother's wondering, what's going on? And, and, and finally they hand her Steve, this baby, Newborn, and and he's breathing. He, he he looks okay, and and she undoes the swaddling. 
and she sees his legs and she begins to cry because she knows what kind of life he's going to have. And she wonders I, why God allowed this. What, what sin did I do to, to let this happen? But Steve survives infancy and, 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 and grows up to, uh, into childhood. And I, I don't, this also is in the Bible, but I think it's pretty safe to say he, he didn't have a real pleasant childhood. Other kids probably picked on him, probably threw rocks at him, made fun of him. Adults ignored him at best. But when he was finally old enough to, 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 to be proficient at it, which probably wasn't very old, they set him to work at what someone his condition was most likely to spend his life doing. And that's begging. Begging for money. Depending on the mercy of people as they went in and out of the temple to have some kind of subsistence in life. And so Steve grows up in the young adulthood and every day, and then they start bringing him, every day someone carries him, maybe a dad. I kind of imagine myself carrying Cody every day to the church to beg. Maybe the dad, maybe an uncle, maybe a brother carried him every day. Just that, just, you know, no, I, no self esteem whatsoever. I'm worthless. I don't matter to anybody. And, and every day they would bring him and, and sit him down. Next to the, the, the beautiful gate, they called it. And he's there on the, on the ground and, and people have passed by. Do you have a dollar? Do you have a dollar? Can you give me a dollar, please, every day? And the days and weeks and years go by. And then one day, he starts hearing, because I'm sure he heard a lot of people walk by. He probably could have been hired as a newscaster at the time. I mean, hearing all the stuff going on. But he heard about the Messiah could be here. There's this prophet named Jesus. He could be the Messiah. And then he hears about people being healed. Blind men who could see. He was just, I, I saw that guy here in the temple. I saw him. I saw him before he was blind. I saw him afterwards. The Bible doesn't say whether Steve saw Jesus or not, or Jesus just walked by. It doesn't say, but we know he was around. And he thought, maybe he'll help me. And this hope that he had never felt before in his life. This hope began to creep 
Maybe he'll heal me. And every day he'd look out for him. And, 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 and hope and wait and see. And, and, and years go by. And then there's some commotion he hears in the distance. And we know he would have heard it because all, everything going on was within a mile of the temple. So that he would have heard the crowd screaming for Jesus' death. Hey, what's going on? What's, what's going on? Oh, they're going to, they want to execute Jesus. What? And he, and he, and he wonders what's, you know, the rest of the day and, and things going on. He can't, he can't walk. He's stuck there just depending on people as they walk in and people are rushing in and out and, and he's trying to, you know, get news on what's going on. And then the sky goes dark. And he feels the earthquake. He's scared. And then he hears. They've killed him. He's dead. And that hope. I was hoping he'd heal me. And now he's dead. My hope is gone. And he may have heard that, you know, rumors about Jesus being brought back to life and people talking excitedly about it. The Bible doesn't say whether or not he, he heard it or believed it or not. We don't know. But we do know this. He was back in his normal routine. Hope is gone. You have a dollar, please give me a dollar. I need some a dollar, please. I have a meeting today, please give me a dollar. Please, sir, please, ma'am. And the shadow comes across him. Just a dollar, give me a dollar. Look at us. And he looks up and sees Peter and John. And Peter says, I don't have any gold or silver. What I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he, Peter takes him by the hand and lifts him up. And his legs work. And he's, he's walking. And he starts jumping. <laughs> Woo! Can you see it? Oh, excited! Woo! And 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 he's just—he doesn't camp. He's beside himself, and he's praising God. Praise God! Praise the Lord! And he ends with his his arms around Peter and John. He's holding on to him. He's excited. I'm standing. He had no hope. But the name of Christ changed everything for him. It still does today. Praise the Lord. 
let's go into this chapter. I don't have the, the verses on the slides like I normally do. I apologize if you take your Bible or Bible app out. If you want to follow along or you can just listen to me. Now Peter and John were going up together in the temple complex at the hour. A prayer at three in the afternoon. You see, uh, prayer and worship isn't just a Sunday affair, it's a daily occurrence. And Peter and John were doing just that. For them, three o'clock had been an hour of prayer, or so is I, and so they were going. And they had this man who was lame from birth, who we call Steve. He was lame from birth. We're all, we all started out spiritually lame. How crippled are you? You shackled with sin today? Their destruction in your life? Their bondage? Their broken relationships? Are you imprisoned by lust or anger, pride or worry, selfishness or impatience? We all start out. He was this this lame man was bound by his legs not working. We all start out bound, our hearts chained to sin. He was carried there and placed every day at the temple called Beautiful. And the temple had nine gates. There were, had nine gates and in one of them was called, uh, from what I understand, it was, every gate was nicely ornate, had gold and silver on it, but this gate was, was more ornate than, than the others and therefore it got the nickname the Beautiful Gate. And that's where he was at, and he would beg uh, from those entering the temple complex. Verse 3, when Peter and John were about to enter the temple complex, he, complex, he asked for help. Peter, along with John, looked at him intently and said, look at us. So he turned to them, expecting to get something from them. But Peter said, I don't have silver or gold, but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Praise the Lord. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus still changes lives. You notice that Steve, and by the way, they say again that 
Steve is not in the original Greek. It's not in the Bible. I'm just calling him Steve. He was asking for just money just to make it. That was his concern. Give me some money so I can buy some food for today. That's, that's all I'm concerned about. And often we go to God and ask Him to solve a small problem. But He wants to give us a new life. God, I'm reminded of the time when Andrew... Lori's son was in jail. Andrew was in the, his pod and, and drugs have a way of making, making their way in jail. And Andrew was still recovering. He had he, been clean for a little while, a few weeks. And the drugs were a real temptation. And one night when he was in bed laying there in the dark, he asked God to take the drugs out of his pod. And the next day, God did not take the drugs out of the pod. God took Andrew out of jail. The very next day, he had a normal, it was an, supposed to be an administrative hearing. Nothing was supposed to actually come of it. It was an informational type event. But they started talking, and it, I don't know if you've been to the Curry County course here, they talk very fast, and, and sometimes you have a hard time following them. But it sounded like they were letting Andrew go, and Lori turned to me and said, are they letting him go? I said, I don't know. And then she asked the lawyer, are they letting Andrew go? And she said, yes. He wasn't supposed to get out. I think they just dropped the, even the bail. I don't think he had to pay any bail to get out. Just let him out. We ask God for small things. And, and God has much bigger plans in mind. That's usually how it happens. Verse 7, then taking him by the right hand, he raised it up, and, and once in his feet and ankles became strong. At once it became strong, so he, he jumped up and started to walk, and he entered the temple complex with him, with him walking and leaping and praising God. Walking and leaping. And now verse 9, all people saw him walking and praising God and they recognized that he was the one who used to sit and beg at the beautiful gate of the temple complex. So they were filled with awe and astonishment at what had happened to him. They were shocked. Now verse 11, well... He was holding on to Peter and John. That's where we left them at, right? He's holding on to them. All the people, greatly amazed, ran toward them in what's called Solomon's Colonnade, which I believe is still standing. 
No, it was not. It was our rendition that I saw. Never mind. <laughs> when Peter saw this, he addressed the people. He addressed the people. So Peter is about to proclaim Christ, right? He's about to do that. And, and that got me thinking. Sure, Peter has a sermon here, but I bet the lame man had a better sermon. You know, I was thinking about um, Captain Phillips, and that they got a captain that was kidnapped by pirates, and 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 how they had him in a, in a lifeboat that was completely covered, and snipers using heat vision was able to take out all three pirates at the same time. And comedian Brian Riggin has a bit where the, the captain must be, you know, always thinking about that. And someone goes, hey, you want to play some ping pong? So no, that reminds me. Thank <laughs> you laughing because we love that bit. That reminds me. Once I was surrounded by pirates and then they were gone. That's what I think the lame man was like. Hey, you want to go fishing? No, but that reminds me. Once I was lame, but I can walk because of Christ, because of the name of Christ. I couldn't walk at all. I couldn't do this. I couldn't do that. I've seen so many people freed from sin, freed from the chains, freed from addiction. I was lost and in without Christ. And Jesus came into my world and lit it up. I was in darkness and Jesus brought light to my life. I bet that lame man was like that the rest of his life. Praise the Lord. So Peter addressed the people. Continuing with verse 12, Men of Israel, why are you amazed at this? Or why do you stare at us as though we had made him walk by our own power or godliness? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus, whom you handed over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you denied the Holy and Righteous One and asked to have a murderer given to you. You killed the source of life, or the prince of life, whom God raised from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in his name, his name has made this man strong, whom you see and know. So the faith that comes through him has given him this perfect health in front of all of you. He was given perfect health. You know what amazing miracle this was? He had never walked. In our modern age, we may be able to take someone who was born paralyzed and never walked, and we may be able to get their legs working again to where they could start walking, but that's going gonna to be... 12, 18, even 24 months or more of physical, significant physical therapy before they could even think of walking normally. 
Their muscles have to get stronger. They have to, muscles have to learn. They have to learn control, balance, all of that. He knew it right. He could balance. He was jumping around. If we ever had a, a, a baby that you know starts learning to walk, if they just instantly got up and started running and jumping, we'd freak out. That would be a very disturbing picture. But that's what we're saying. Someone who had never walked before, he didn't just wobble, you know, wobble, and then, you know, fall over against Peter and, hey, good job, buddy. You know, he, he was fully, fully capable. That's the kind of miracle we're talking about. And perfect health. Verse 17, and now, brothers, I know that you did in ignorance, just as your leaders also did. But what God predicted through the mouth of all the prophets that his Messiah would suffer, he has fulfilled in this way. Therefore, repent and turn back so that your sins may be wiped out, that seasons of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. This is the purpose. This is his focus. He's saying, this all happened so that you would repent. That you would turn from your sins and turn to Christ. And 2,000 years later, when people repent, their sins get wiped out and they receive refreshing from the presence of God. I love seeing sinners come to Christ and they kneel down and they start praying, and before long you start seeing them shake because they're crying, because they're feeling this release, this heavy burden of guilt and shame that was on their life is gone, and they, and they just can't, they don't know what this feeling is. It's so wonderful. Verse 20, And that he may send Jesus, who has been appointed for you as the Messiah, Heaven must welcome him until the times of the restoration of all things which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from the beginning. Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your brothers. You must listen to him in everything he will say to you, and everyone who will not listen to that prophet will be completely cut off from the people. In addition, verse 24, all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and those after him have also announced these days. All these, he's saying all these other prophets have also talked about Jesus. Verse 25, you are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your ancestors, saying to Abraham and all the families of the earth will be blessed through your offspring. God raised up his servant and sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your evil ways. God sent his servant. His servant Jesus. And sent him. And why did God send Jesus? Peter says it right here. To bless you. How so? How will he bless us? By turning each of you from your evil ways. 
You notice that in all this whole chapter, the Holy Spirit is never mentioned, but had a significant part in all of it. You can see his impact. We see his impact today. Jesus was right to compare the spirits. So this is my first uh, podcast for this sermon series. And first time I've used uh, the recording equipment that I'm using now. Uh, towards the end of the sermon, I unintentionally paused the recording. Didn't realize it to the last few minutes of today's sermon was cut off. I do apologize, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you for joining us. If you like this podcast, then hit the subscribe button. Also, take some time to rate us. Feel free to check out our website at servantsheartchapel.org, and you can email us at servantsheartchapel at gmail.com. Thanks again, and have a blessed week.